you're about to listen to the profound word of God, ministered by Ty Adeshigma, pastor of Worship Tabernacle Church. Without a doubt, this will be a life-transforming experience as you acquaint yourself with the word of God and develop a rich and rewarding relationship with Him. This message will certainly shape your life, fulfill your dreams, and guarantee your success. I start this sermon this morning. Can I get you to find a friend? And that friend is the person sitting beside you. Look at them and say this to them. Say, my opportunity is hidden in my opposition. I got you to find someone else right now. You got to find someone else quickly and look at them and say, my opportunity I didn't hear you. Put, say my opportunity. No, tap them. Say yo, 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 yo. Say my opportunity is hidden in my opposition. Yeah. Shout it loud to yourself. Say my opportunity is hidden in my opposition. Genesis twenty-six, verse twelve. Genesis twenty-six. And verse 12, I read from verse 1 to 6, so I'm picking up again from verse 12. We know that there was a famine in the land. We know there was a promise, the word promise. You see the word promise. You see the word promise Uh, in verse 3, just as I solemnly promised Abraham your father. You will see in verse 6 where he said, so Isaac stayed there in Gerah. Now we pick up from verse 12. He says, when Isaac planted his crop that year, he harvested a hundred times more grain than he planted. For the Lord blessed him. The Lord blessed him. We will reap the harvest that God has designed for us. He says he became a very rich man and his wealth continued to grow. He acquired so many flocks of sheep and goats, herds of cattle and servants that the Philistines became Jealous of him. So the Philistines filled up all of Isaac's wells with dirt. These were the wells that had been dug by the servants of his father Abraham. I think it's on the men's online that someone used this scripture. And uh, I'm not sure if it was or because someone that used it in prayer and bam. Something happened on the inside of me. He says, so the Philistines filled up all, not some, but all, in verse 15, the Philistines filled up all, all of Isaac's well with dirt. These were the wells that had been dug by the servants of his father Abraham. Finally, Abimelech ordered Isaac to leave the country. Go somewhere else, he said, for you have become too powerful for us. So Isaac moved away to the Jera Valley. He didn't leave the place where God told him to move. He just moved a bit away. Where he set up their tents and settled down. He reopened the wells his father had dug. Which the Philistines had filled in after Abraham's death. Isaac also restored the names Abraham had given them. That's why it's so dangerous to ignore the landmarks of those who have gone before you. Mm -hmm. he says and then in verse 19 Isaac's servants also dug in the Gerah Valley and discovered a well of fresh waters but the shepherd from Gerah came again, claimed the springs this is our water, they said and they argued over it with Isaac's herdsmen. so Isaac named the well Essek, which means argument, another version says contention Then Isaac's men (laughs) then dug another well. But again, there was a dispute over it. So Isaac named it Shitna, which meant hostility. Abandoning that one, (laughs) Isaac moved on and dug another well. This time, there was no dispute over it. So Isaac named the place Rehoboth, which means open space. Another version says, God has created room for us. So it goes in there. He says, for he said, at last. What did he say? At 
What did he say? That word I want you to pronounce it. Where at last the Lord has created enough space for us to prosper in this land. Last week I said the seeds of our life must go through some major challenges. To be able to have maximum harvest and at the right season. And I spoke about two challenges. The challenge of isolation. Where you will go through separation. You will go through dedication before you get to celebration. And then last week I spoke about the challenge of price. And I said what you accomplish will be measured by the price you pay. Everyone does not pay, pay the same price. And number three, when you complain about your price, you will eventually quit paying it. And then I had a different sermon for this morning or this, this Sunday. And then during a discussion during the week, I found out that God hadn't finished. And I said, so God, okay, let me put that aside. What do you want me to talk about? He says, there's one more challenge. It's called the challenge of opposition. The challenge of opposition. The first thing that we see in this scripture is that every word, every dream or vision will go through a phase of opposition. It may come via people. It may come by work colleagues. It may come by the opposition of a lack of money. It may come by a wilderness. It may come by a prolonged time. Uh, on, on Wednesday or it preached a fantastic message dealing with seed and harvest and but the wilderness period that's why you should be on church on wednesday it, it, it could be a financial concern it could be a difficult boss it could be a harsh critic it could be a wayward child it could be a stalled dream or a career but let me say this clearly and you can throw this on your Instagrams. That opposition and opportunity seems to be brothers. They go hand in hand. You don't meet one without meeting the other. Let me give you some examples. For Moses, opportunity was Pharaoh's opposition. But you know what? As the man was trying to kill all the children below the age of two. It was the same man that sponsored his education, sponsored his life. The man he was looking to kill was living in his palace. <laughs> you, you didn't get that. The, the man he was looking to kill was being taken care of his own daughter and being Weaned by his own mother. In the opposition was opportunity. You can see that David's was the opportunity. What was his opposition? Goliath. Goliath was his opposition. Uh, uh, and God used a giant to propel the warrior in a shepherd. And raise him up as a king. In a place where he was forgotten in the backside of the desert. Joseph's opposition was Potiphar's wife. But God used slavery, wrong acquisition, wrongdoing to make him become the prime minister of Egypt for 130 something odd years. The 13 years of opposition lied in the daring his opportunity. Success itself brings opposition. So get this clearly. Uh, so as more people love you, more people will hate you. You can't have more lovers and not have haters. Why are you looking at me like that? Instagram will tell you that. Facebook will tell you that. The more you have more people on there, when, when you were 200, everybody liked you. When you, when you, when you graduated to 20,000, so you will see opposition start coming in. The more likes you have, the more also dislikes you have. Have you not seen it on, 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 on YouTube? If you, those who have a YouTube channel, 
they ask you to like and dislike. And the more you go up, the more haters you have. But your opportunity is found in your opposition. In fact, having said that, somebody would write a comment that you don't like, but that would be your springboard to greatness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because sometimes we have what is called our blind side. And we don't see it. But as the hater wants to hate you, so God is using the hater to put you up to another level. Because until you're always on your toes, you will never have a spring in your feet. There will always be. The more people that believe in you and like you and support you, the more hate you have because it always creates an opportunity for envy. I remember when we were in the backside of Interchange Studio with the green, green building, green stuff, no heating, no nothing, all that kind of stuff. Seven years we were there, we were cool. Nothing was happening. No opposition. Very little. We could deal with that. I remember when we moved into this building, it was barely two months that we moved into this building that we, first, we got our first litigation letter. They were suing us to court. For what? For an image on our website that has been there for seven years. And they were going to take us to court. I'm like, ah, is this image, this image has been there for seven years. Oh no, they didn't bother with you when you had no assets. It's when you had assets that they came for you. We had to negotiate out of court. But then what did it do? It made us go up another level that you see all these freebie of images will not work <laughs> so whenever we give someone to do a website or to do something you also will sign a disclaimer that if they sue us you are liable because i'm paying you for every image that you put on there the haters promoted us but you know the other thing that happened was that our graphic designers were not giving us any shoddy jobs anymore. Because they knew that they are liable for every image. So they will buy the image and we got a better production. But nobody bothered us. Neither did we bother ourselves when we were over there. The more you go up, the more the opposition. Remember, when you are doing two jobs, a cleaning job and an office job, nobody bothered you. It is when they found out that one day you went to Orlando with your family and you were taking different kinds of photographs foolishly and putting it up on your Instagram and your Facebook that you got a phone call from Africa. The brother and sister you have never seen or heard for a long time Knocks on the door. We have trouble. Eh, uh, 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 even I'm managing here. Eh, 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 you are managing, but we saw you in Orlando. Uh, because the more you expose yourself, the more the envy and the haters come in. It's called opposition. The problem we have is that many people don't like opposition. Let, let's look at Paul, 1 Corinthians chapter 16 and verse 9. The message Bible says, A huge opportunity for good work has opened up here. There is also much room in opposition. The, the good news says there is a real opportunity here for great and worthwhile work, even though there are many opponents. Opposition is really a catalyst that leads to clarity of purpose. When you have opposition, it is authenticating your mission and your conviction. The problem many of us have is that when we start on our journey, we want everyone to support us. When we're in the middle of our journey, we want everyone to support us. People don't support you until you reach the end of that mission. And where people kill themselves is in the challenge of isolation in the challenge of the price you need to pay on that journey and the challenge of the opposition that comes no even sometimes your parents won't understand 
Mom, I want to do this. Dad, I want to do this. No, I'm not spending my money sending you to do that. Opposition or cause. And many of us don't have the right wisdom how to deal with opposition. Because when you read this scripture that we read, the guy didn't fight them. He did some certain things that made him continue to prosper. Let me talk to the young ones. Throwing a tantrum at home to a parent that doesn't understand where you're going does not solve your issues. When I needed to move from my dad's church to where I felt God wanted me to go, I didn't throw a tantrum. In fact, initially I was sneaking out to go there. When I now went to uni and I came back, I one Sunday I said to him, uh, Dad, uh, can I go to my friend's church? He says, yes. The following week I said, Dad, can I go to my girlfriend's church? Girlfriend means any friend, isn't it? He says, uh, uh, what is happening? I said, when I get back. And then, the, then there was a Sunday or there was a weekday. My dad wasn't around, so I took my mom to the church I was going to. At least I can go through the mom easily. Mom, she saw a lot of my friends and everyone there. She came and said, it's nice. It's nice. She didn't say anything. And then the following Sunday, I said, you know what, dad, I'm going to church. I said, hmm. In my thoughts, I think that my mom must have had a conversation with my dad. And as much as he didn't agree to it in his mind, he still gave me the liberty to do what I needed to do. And if I hadn't done it, I wouldn't be where I am today. But I surely to God didn't throw it in his face. Because before I left home, I would wash his car, wash the whole thing, make everything ready for him, for his convenience in where he is going, you understand? And when he comes back, I ask him questions and we have discussions. Because we see that Isaac was not arguing with contention. He was not arguing with opposition. And five different wells this guy had to dig. It's called the challenge of opposition. And you need to understand that the enemy doesn't attack people who are not a threat. (laughs) That means... When there's an opposition coming against you, there's something so valuable on the inside of you that the devil wants to come against. Because thieves don't go and steal where there's nothing. And the enemy, the Bible says the devil comes to kill, to steal, and to destroy. So when the devil wants to come and steal something from you, it could be your child, it could be your business, it could be your idea, it could be your husband, it could be your wife, you need to understand that the devil won't bother you if you are not bothering him. But staying in the safe zone every single time means you're not a threat. Because the only reason, God the Bohosha, the only reason why they told Isaac to leave was because as they became prosperous, they were envious of him. And one word came out of their mouth. He said, you are more powerful than we are, so you need to leave. And when they come against you at work, it is because of what is on the inside of you, which sometimes you don't see. You're just seeing the opposition. You're not seeing the opportunity. When they came against me at work, twice they came against me at work. First time, then my boss called me and said, you've got two months to measure up because if you don't measure up, you know what? We'll have to terminate your appointment. That was opposition. I knew they were telling her I was useless. And in fact, in fairness, I was. I mean, most of the time, many of us don't want to admit. First, admit your weakness. I was absolutely useless. I understood that. But I also knew that I had a vision and a goal. I knew that if I can do whatever I can do here, it will set me up for what God has called me to do. I'm not in this job because this is where I, what, what God has called me to do. I'm in this job because of the vision that I have in future. I'm in this job because this job will fund the ministry that God is going to call me to. I'm in this job because I know that two years after I started worship Tabernacle, I didn't receive a payment from this church. So what I did for three, four years was what will sustain me for the next two years of my life. If I had decided to quit because there was opposition, I wouldn't have found my opportunity. So I decided, God, let me sit on a covenant. That no one will sack me until I leave. 
And heaven heard that. Even the man that says, I will sack you, I disabled his account. Gladly and with joy. You following what I'm saying? Because if they don't see value in you, they will not oppose you. This guy was bringing in 20 million, 25 million, I can't remember, every single year or, or month or quarter, I don't know, he was the, he was the top brass. But it's just amazing how a small David can be a threat to a Goliath. The man didn't realize that his threat wasn't against me as a person, but against the vision of worship tabernacle. So the devil had to use somebody to make me afraid to quit from where I am that would be able to derail where I'm going. Uh, so I wish somebody would listen to me carefully. And many times, we are so aware of opposition that we can't see opportunity. The question is, are you so concerned about being beaten, being beaten, being disgraced, being set aside, being ignored, that there's no fight on the inside of you to say, I'm going to carry on. It's called the challenge of opposition. Isaac dug the first well. He couldn't get the blessing out of it. But he kept on digging. When he dug the second well and finally got some water, then the Philistines came out and said, that well belongs to us. He could have threw up his hands I could have given up. I could have walked away. I could have said, you know what? I'm through with this. But you know what he did? He kept on digging. After all the hell you have been through. After all the setbacks. After all the storms that you have endured. Every time the devil's thought keeps coming to you to quit. You just have to take your shovel out and do what? Keep on what? Digging. You got to keep digging. Because if you don't dig... You will not find water. Tap three people around you. Say, keep digging, keep digging, keep digging, keep digging, keep digging. You want to give up on that relationship? Keep digging. You want to give up on that home? Keep digging. You want to give up on that job? Keep digging. They sent you 25 different rejection letters. Keep what? Keep digging. Because those 25 jobs were not yours. Keep digging. Keep digging. Keep digging. Pastor, this morning, please tell me. How would I find opportunity in my oppositions? How, how do I keep digging when I feel like giving up? Why did Isaac keep digging? What was, why did this man keep digging with all the oppositions? Let me tell you to do two things and then we close. When you're digging, number one, dig from a promise. Dig from the promise. And not from the situation. Tap someone and say, dig from the promise. I, I just missed that. So, so tap someone and say, dig from the promise. Not from the situation. Isaac did not dig from the promise of his father. What they told his father was not going to sustain him for the next level he's going to. He, his battle was different from his father. His father went to Egypt. God told him, don't go down to Egypt. There was a different connotation because he wanted to go to Egypt. And God says, stay in this land. Stay in this land that I have promised you. And the challenge of opposition is many times we are digging from a situation that from a promise. If God says law is what you should do, sit down with law. Even though there's opposition, even if you don't get a trainee uh, uh, employment or, or contract, keep what? Digging. Because your opposition is your opportunity. You've got to learn to dig because if you don't dig, you will remain in the same place. If there's a covenant for you to be in business, keep digging. You've got to learn to keep digging. Oh, I went out with a guy. He disappointed me. This is the third person. Keep what? Keep digging. Because all the fools were just fools. And maybe in, they were not even fools. Maybe you also were foolish. 
Now you're wise enough to understand that the next place I will dig, there will be no contention. You gotta keep digging. I am not going to live by the situation. I have to live by the promise. And that's the reason why many people are lazy to find a promise. What is God saying? Listen to me. A man that knows his covenant and position does not strive with man. A man that knows his covenant knows that it is not subject to human delay. Hey God, somebody delays. No, nobody can delay your destiny. Are you alright? Nobody can delay it. They, they, five different wells, they still could not delay it. Because every time this man was digging, they kept coming after him. But a man that knows his covenant, knows it is not subject to situations. Brexit is not, is not by covenant. There is nowhere in the Bible where they wrote Brexit. The only thing they wrote is that in this foreign land, in this land, I will prosper. That's all that it has to do. Whatever you need to contend with, contend with it. But the only thing I contend with is what the word of God says. So if everyone is failing, I will succeed. You know why I will succeed? Because I keep digging. And sometimes I gotta keep digging into the word. I gotta keep reading the word. I gotta keep standing on the word. And while the world is going to put, I stand on the covenant because my covenant is not subject to environments. You've got to know that. Some of the things you tried to do ended in failure. And the enemy mocked you. And said, if it had been of God, it would have worked. But the Lord told me to tell someone this morning, the devil is a liar. Let me say this to you. Touch your neighbor and say to them, keep digging. Don't watch the clock. Don't look at the calendar. Don't worry about the season. Don't worry about what comes in the mail. Don't worry about what someone said. Don't worry about anything. God is setting you up for a large opportunity. So I'm not moved by what you write against me. I'm not moved. I can be pushed. I can be, oh, why did they say that? But I'm coming back to my covenant. Because if I don't steal my covenant, everything around me will push me to and fro. What did God say? What is bubbling on the inside of me? What did God say to me? He said to me, you will shape lives. Therefore, those who came, their lives need to be shaped. In there, there may be good people. In there, there may be bad people. In there, there may be people who do rough things. In there, there may be righteous people. But you are all children of the almighty God. So my reputation is not what they write about me or the church outside. My reputation is about what God and heaven sees. If heaven says you're on track, you're on track. Nobody can stop you. Nobody can delay you. Nobody can move you from where you are because what is yours, it is yours. If you don't know it is yours, then you will give it. But I know it is yours. And because it's yours, you stand strong in what God has said to you. Stop looking for affirmations all over the place. Hey, do you think what they wrote about me is true? Who cares? What if the person you are says is true? <coughs> There's a large place <coughs> that is going to start from a small place. God says to you this morning, dig your own wells. Go to the places they have jammed up and closed. Dig because water is going to flow again. Dig it out. Dig out the things that you have put on the back burner. Dig out your master's degree. Dig out your trainee degree. Dig out your, your, your vision. Go back and dig it. Because maybe the place you were digging before were not the people that you're supposed to dig in. Oh, I did a business. It failed. It was because they jammed the well. God is saying, Dig another well. And many of you are holding on to a relationship. God, no, I can't let this go. I can't let it's not yours. Let it go. There's more faith to let things go than to hold on to things. God had to give Abraham the faith to let the Isaac go so that he can be a generational blessing. 
There is more faith sometimes to let it go. Many people are in a relationship they should have gone another place and stop contending. You are, Gabadosh, as this just came to my mind, it's going to blow someone. You, you are, let me. Ah, oh God. Last week was so brutal that this week I want to mellow a bit. Uh, but, 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 but I can't but say to you, how dare you stay in a relationship where it is crowded? And you, it's not your well. It's not your well. Somebody say, no, I will pray her out. Pray what? It's not your well. It is not your well. Anything they contend with is not your well. The, the, the guy may be the well. They have jammed it. Get away from that place. And go and dig in another place. Because when you dig in another place, things will start to work for you. There's one of my daughters. I fought her. For, for, fought her over this guy. She's not yours. Before you know it, the guy had another girl on the side that I knew of. Actually, the girl came to speak to me, the other one. The audacity that people have these days. What I hear, ah, God help me. No, it wasn't there then. It was the mothers and baby room. I've sanctified the place, don't worry. The audacity. So I'm calling the girl. I can share this testimony because she made me cry. I said, this is not the guy. You cannot build where there's contention. The things you face is foolishness and presumption. I said, pack your bags and go. Because when you meet the right guy, it would be seamless and effortless. One time she was planning to travel. I'm like, wherever you go, I will go. Your God will be my God. Where you die, I will resurrect you. I'm not going to die with you there. <laughs> I'm like, are you, are you, are you serious? You, this is not going to happen. And then, as parents, we went on our knees. Jeremiah, the weapons of my warfare are not kind of the mighty through God. For the pulling down of struggle. I'm his battle axe. I'm his weapon of warfare. With me would he break the maid and the man. The chariot and the rider. The woman and the man. So I started breaking. Physically and also spiritually. You can't start digging in a well that is blocked. You are too precious women to be in a contention. The, 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 they, they said it was a place of contention. And the man didn't say no. We will fight you. The Bible says that they said he was more powerful. So he had the ammunition to fight. But he knew that I'm going to walk from a promise. The Bible says he left the place. This is where some people say he gave up. He didn't give up. He left the place. Second one again. He went and left the place. Third one. At that place the Bible says God has made room for us. When the lady met the man. I mean the real man. She met a man and not a boy. She would have married, as I said last week, her boyfriend and not a husband. That thing you're holding on to, to try to say, you, you think you're beautiful? I'm also beautiful. You saw the other person on Instagram or Facebook, you went to do your own hair, like her hair. You're contending. You went to buy shoes. Oh, do, and you ask her, do you like me like this? Do you like me like that? You slap the person out and move away and say to God, God, do you like me the way I am? And God says, the land that I will give you, no one will contend with it. Remember a guy who came to me, he says, Pastor, I'm praying. I said, praying about what? He says, there's this girl I'm believing God for. I said, have you spoken to her? Because I don't like this belief, belief, belief. I like belief and action. Have you spoken to them? Because I've had enough of belief. Yeah, let's see what you're doing. Yes, I have. What did she say? She said she's going to go and pray about it. I said, hey, hey. what else did she say? She said, well, she's praying about two people. I said, I got the answer from God. Almost immediately. You are too valuable for someone to be praying about this. She's not praying. She's considering. Have you taken her out? He said, yes. Where did you take her to? 
He said, mention this place. How much did you spend? He said, so that's the last amount of money you will ever spend again. If you have more than enough money, give me the voucher. My wife and I will go and eat and bless you with it. He moved. He's happily married today with a child. He moved. He moved. Because the ability to dig is on the inside of you. Let me give you number two and let's close. You don't dig only from a promise. You also dig from a stable mind. I mean, dig from your mind and not from your sight. The, ladies and gentlemen, listen to me. The battle is won in the mind before it's won in the arena of the fight. Isaac did not win the battle around him. He won the battle in his mind. In fact, he was so infectious that even his servants didn't fight. Many people are defeated in their mind. To defeat the opposition, the mind has to be set. If you're not willing to fight opposition, don't go on Instagram or social media. Don't put your business on there because they are going to fire you. And so, your, 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 your fight, oh God, is not in the things that you see. It is in the things that you don't see. And I see so many people wasting their time replying foolishness. That even God said to Timothy, stop arguing with people. Foolishness and different kinds of opposition. You are spending three hours going back and forward with someone that does not understand where your vision is going. You are trying to convince people to like what you are doing because in your mind you are staggering. Everything starts in the mind. Never fight the opposition by the size of the CV. One of my sons was telling me this morning, so I walked into a place and I knew I was the least amongst them. And then the Holy Spirit said, square your shoulder. Because people can see you by what is coming out of your mind. So square your shoulder. You didn't get here by your own means. If I created that opportunity, it is yours. One of my sons was telling me that one time he went, he went into a place. They told him to give him a speech. And everybody sitting around were doctors, 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 doctors. He barely passed his bachelor's degree. But how did he get there? The doctors, all of them with their degrees, opened their mouths and listened to him. Because Jesus didn't need a theological degree. The Bible says they were amazed at what was coming out of his mouth. And here you are running away from something that is higher than you. But you want to get there. It's a mindset. Well, I'm not sure if marriage is about me. It's a mindset. I'm not sure this relationship, I can do this. It's a mindset. I'm not sure if I can have children. It's a mindset. Because you're looking at the size of the Goliath without looking at the size of your God. Elijah said to the servant in 1 Kings 18, 41-45, he says, I, I hear the sound of the abundance of rain. The, 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 the servant says, sir, I can't see anything. He says, go, go to the sea. What do you see? He says, nothing. He came back. He says, go again. What do you see? He says, nothing. He says, go back. He says, what do you see again? He says, I see nothing. Go back. He says, what do you see? I see nothing. Go back. He sent him back seven times because his head was between his knees while he was sending the servant. He says, go look up towards the sea. So he went up and looked up. There's nothing. Elijah says, go back seven times. How many times have you dug? It is not the size of the CV. It is not the people or things or the situation you're fighting. Many times it's the enemy, enemy inside me that you need to fight before you fight the enemy that is outside. It's not the opposition that will defeat you. It is your position in the opposition. Mandela was a president in his mind, even though his body was in prison. <laughs> your bailout card is in your mind. Your bailout card is in your mind. Many people think that the external 
needs to change before the internal. Let me show you something. Can, can you help me bring this out, please? Uh, 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 here we go. Bring, bring me. This is a mirror. This is what. Just put it here. Just, 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 just. Michelle, come. Uh, you, you knew it. Uh, you knew. It. That's why you started going. Come, darling, make it quick. Let's come. No, 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 no. Listen to this. Listen to this. Listen to this. Stand in front of the mirror. You can see the mirror. Okay, so you're looking at the mirror right now. And maybe that hair is, you see, she was about to touch the hair because of what she saw in the mirror. You understand? No, you, you can adjust it. So, she's, 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 she's adjusting her hair. She saw the mirror and in God, somebody's going to get it, and immediately adjusted her hair. Did the mirror change or did she change? Yeah, you, 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 you didn't get it. There's nothing that the mirror can do unless you do something. So she changed it, but the mirror didn't change. The mirror is constant, but she can change. When she moves away from the mirror, she goes with the image that she already has. And the image of the mirror has nothing to do with it. And many people look themselves in the mirror every single time and judge by the mirror. The mirror is an age. The mirror is your opposition. But you standing in front of it is the opportunity. And many people look at the world from the outside that look at it from the inside because the world can't change from the outside unless you change it from the inside and when she flicks her hair she is still in control, not the mirror. Many people are looking at the mirror. Oh, uh, their life is judged by the mirror of the world. But when she flicks her hair the mirror couldn't do anything. Move something. <laughs> Did the mirror not adjust? Move something else. The mirror adjusted. Move it back again. The mirror adjusted. Move anything again. She took off the glasses. The mirror obeyed everything she said it should obey. Instagram, Facebook should not be your judge. You are the one that whenever whatever you change, it will obey you. You can keep digging and making success not by what the world says. You gotta learn to break your normal. Many people need to break their normal. Your normal is your warden. Your normal is your word. All your life you've been fighting against yourself. You've been fighting. You look in the mirror and start fighting yourself. And you make the mirror become the guideline of your life. The mirror can do nothing unless I change it. Don't limit yourself. Because to be honest with you, I may, when she leaves, many people will still be seeing the mirror. But she has traveled further than the mirror. You, you didn't care what I said. When there were holes in my shoe, I saw myself in a boutique. Ah, when I was renting a house, I saw myself owning my own house. I had traveled in my mind before I even got there. Isaac traveled in water before he even got to the contentions of the water. I may not be where I am today, but you are just seeing an image left in the mirror. I've moved so far from the mirror that all you're seeing is the mirror. You're seeing the wells. You're seeing what my dad did. You're seeing what my family did. You're seeing what my lineage did. I am no more my lineage. I'm no more my generation. I've traveled so far away from the mirror that has been set inside it. You're not hearing what I'm saying. I have moved further on than where you left me. Don't come back to me and say to me, Oh, I know what you used to be. I know where I used to be. I know where I am today. And unless you travel in your mind, you will never fulfill your destiny. I've moved from the mirror image you have. You may still see the same tie, but I've moved from there. God changed the name of Sarah to Sarah before she even had the baby. 
He had to change them, move them, travel in your mind to having the child before you even have the child. Many of us are still stuck where we are because we're following the image of where we are. Tap someone beside you say, keep digging, please. If you dig from your mind and not your circumstances, you will learn how to relocate and redig. You can sit down, my darling. You, let it go. Let it go. Let it go. In the, in the opposition, find new opportunities. Learn to adapt. Learn to pivot. Let, but keep moving. You've got to keep digging what, your, what, your, what, is your, what is your opposition. You've got to keep digging. You've got to keep digging because your opportunity is found in that disguise. Have a level of persistency because God is going to help you. Let me stop by saying this. The favor of God is upon you. Can I, you, you saw some of you dismissed it. Let me tell you what you have that the enemy doesn't have. You have the favor to keep digging and keep finding water. Some people still didn't believe me. They kicked me out of one church. I went to another one. They kicked me out of that church. I went to another one. Unless they kicked me out. Because every single church they kicked me out was because I kept digging. And they kept seeing the favor of God upon my life. And I, you know what? I kept digging. I kept digging. I kept digging. And when I left the other church, I said, God, what am I going to do? God said, dig your own well now. When I dug my own well, there was room that God created. And not only room for this generation, but room for generations to come. Room for all generations to come. And when I was in the leaders meeting today, I just said, you know what? Only preach a good message. And they said yes. And a smile came on their face. And everyone was looking in the direction of where I smiled. And they looked back and said, Pastor, what were you smiling at? I said, I was smiling at the fulfillment of what I saw in my mind. That God, I never knew that there would be a time that in four months on Wednesday, I have not preached one sermon. But the guys have out-preached me to oblivion. It is the Lord doing it is marvelous in our eyes. I smiled because I can remember when I met all these guys. They didn't really know that God is setting them up for a good place. I smiled because I can now go uh, to Barbados for four months. And I know... And I know that the church will keep ticking. And on Wednesdays, people are full in this place. Not because they came to see a pastor, but they came to see a vision. They came to see a well that has been dug. And God is fulfilling his dream. Lift your hands because somebody is going to find favor this morning. And the next place you dig will be, oh, will be your place. The next place you dig, they will not contend against you. The next place you dig, there will be room for you. The next place you dig, you will find glory. The next place you dig, all rooms will be made. The next place you dig, you will step into it effortlessly. The next place you dig will not be the image you used to see, but you will see where God has taken you. If you believe that, shout yeah! Keep digging. Keep digging, someone. Keep digging. Keep digging. Stop fighting. Stop the contention. Stop the argument. They will not like you for the favor of God on your life. They won't like you. When you say no to people, they won't like you because they don't know you have moved from where you used to be to where you are. I have no more for hire for 50 pounds. My level has changed. Some people said that's just... That's just a, a, a proud, proud announcement. Let me repeat myself. I am no more for hire for 50 pounds. My level has changed. Now you will sign a contract. Money up front. I'm no more. That, I'm no more sitting and waiting for you to come late for your wedding. My level has changed. Hmm. Neither am I driving two hours to your destination. My level has changed. There were things that I couldn't open my mouth to say when we were in Interchange Studio. But if you still see me the way you saw me in Interchange Studio, you would start trying to put sand in my well.
the difference between the sand you put in my well or the sand you put in my gari <laughs> is that if you put sand in my well or you put sand in my gari I will find another well and another gari to drink if you put it in there again I will find another well and another gari uh, some people say what, what does gari mean? cocoa pops I will find another cocoa pops did you get anything from me this morning? Come on, let's rise up. You've been listening to Ty Adeshugba, pastor of Worship Tabernacle Church. We hope you enjoyed this message. For further inquiries, visit us at www.worshiptabernacle.org.uk. Alternatively, call us on 020-7435-3939. You can find us at the Citadel Worship Tabernacle, 131 St. John's Way, N19 3RQ, Archway, London. Thank you for listening.